Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Good morning. It's Friday the 24th of November here in London. This is the Bloomberg Daybreak Europe podcast. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Coming up today, a fragile truce begins between Israel and Hamas in Gaza ahead of an expected hostage release. Barclays is reportedly looking to shed up to 2,000 jobs and slash a billion pounds in costs. And billionaire buyers get cold feet. High net worth house hunters give UK purchases the cold shoulder and instead opt to rent. Let's start with a roundup of our top stories. A temporary ceasefire in the war between Israel and Hamas has begun. In the coming hours, the first group of Israeli hostages is expected to leave Gaza. In total, Hamas has agreed to free 50 hostages while Israel will release 150 jailed Palestinians. All of those involved in the deal are women and children. Speaking yesterday, Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said he's still confident of freeing all of the roughly 240 people abducted by Hamas during the deadly October 7th attack. Uh, we hope to get our hostages out. It's uh, not without its uh, challenges, but we have to. We hope to get this first uh, tranche out, and then we're committed to getting everyone out. But we'll continue with our war aims, namely to uh, eradicate Hamas, because Hamas has already promised that they will do this again and again and again. Netanyahu made the comments during a press conference with David Cameron, who was on his first visit to Israel since becoming the UK's foreign secretary. He says it's important the deal between Hamas and Israel is fulfilled. We hope to see this humanitarian pause. I think that's important because it's an opportunity to get hostages out and to get aid in. And I hope and would urge everyone who's involved in that agreement to make sure that it happens. David Cameron's comments on the agreement come as more aid is expected to flow into Gaza during the pause in hostilities. The Hamas-run government media office says that close to 15,000 people have now been killed in the Palestinian enclave, with the UN calling it a humanitarian disaster. Now, let's move to some corporate news. Barclays is said to be working on plans to reduce costs by as much as a billion pounds in a move that could lead to thousands of job losses. With more, here's Bloomberg's Ewan Potts. The cuts at Barclays could involve as many as 2,000 jobs, equivalent to about 2% of the bank's workforce. According to a report from Reuters, the headcount reduction would be primarily from the lender's back office operations, with the proposals currently being reviewed by top managers at the bank. A spokesperson for Barclays declined to comment on the story. The report comes just weeks after Barclays revealed it was looking at ways to reduce structural costs in a bid to increase profits. This after it reported disappointing third quarter earnings that prompted a fresh slide in the bank's share price. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Radio. Germany will suspend a constitutional limit on net new borrowing for a fourth consecutive year. This comes after Chancellor Olaf Scholz's government was forced into a radical budget overhaul by a ruling last week from the country's top court. More now from Bloomberg's Zoe Schneeweiss. 
Christian Lindner, the finance minister, is a fiscal hawk, and he had said in 2023, we're going back to the debt break. Now, um, that all would have been fine if it hadn't been that the way Germany was spending that money was in a way that was outside of the normal budget. That constitutional court decision last week said that is not okay, that's, that you can't function like this. It's unconstitutional. So uh, they, that means that they've spent all this money for 2023, and it's late November. At this stage, you can't get that money back in any other way. Bloomberg Zoe Schneeweiss says the emergency move to lift the so-called debt break will be part of a revised 2023 budget to be presented next week. According to reports, Nissan will produce two new types of electric vehicles here in the UK. The Japanese car maker will manufacture the new Qashqai and Duke electric models at its plant in Sunderland, helped by financial support from the UK government. Nissan had committed to a £1 billion upgrade of the factory in 2021, where it already makes the Leaf model. It comes as talks continue with the EU to avoid the imposition of post-Brexit tariffs on electric cars due to come into force in January. New data shows UK consumers are more willing to splash out on big purchases. Market research company GFK's Consumer Confidence Index shows this month's six-point rise comes after a fall in October. It's the biggest increase since April, but the score is still at minus 24. A further boost in spending is likely in December after Chancellor Jeremy Hunt announced major tax cuts this week. And finally, growing costs are putting multimillionaires and even billionaires off buying homes in the UK. According to new data, Bloomberg's Tiwa Adebayo has the details. New data shows that those with cash to splash at the very top end of the British property market are now more likely to rent than buy. According to a report by luxury broker Beecham, billionaires and multi-millionaires spent a total of 340 million on London homes valued above 15 million pounds in the first half of the year. That's down from over 400 million pounds over the same period last year. But as purchases are falling, the high-end rental market is booming. The number of super prime homes being let out in the first half of this year doubled the 2022 figure. Beecham Estates say stamp duty, financial scrutiny and a possible Labour government are concerns for billionaires looking to buy property in Britain. In London, Tiwa Adebayo, Bloomberg Radio. Now, in a moment, we'll be getting more details on the cost-cutting plan at Barclays that we mentioned. Uh, But that GFK consumer confidence survey, a surprising rebound in consumer confidence, maybe that means that people will be inspired to buy a bigger Christmas presents. Well, and if you're looking for an idea, our Bloomberg Opinions Andrea Felstead has a great piece out today looking at how the price of some luxury watches uh, may fall. A diamond Rolex, anyone, is the title of the piece. Uh, this, of course, as we've seen the slowdown in luxury spending, we've seen some of the big names in that sector, of course, um, reporting a slowdown in sales too. But also, Andrea points out that rough diamond prices have begun to stabilise um, while the man-made diamond values remain under pressure and that could see the likes of Rolex or Patek Philippe watches uh, change hands for less than they did 18 months ago making some bargains Andrea says likely uh, there's little suggest they won't get cheaper still so perhaps it could be the time to be investing in a, in a fancy watch yeah well apparently pandemic during the pandemic and just after the pandemic that was the kind of peak time I think people sort of uh, yeah buying more significant gifts for others so, but now she says actually prices are coming down maybe the moment to look uh, a nice 
piece from Bloomberg opinion columnist Andrea Felstead then, who of course covers the luxury market for us. Well, let's turn to the latest events in the Middle East now, where the four-day truce between Israel and Hamas has come into effect. The first hostages are expected to be released from Gaza later today. Bloomberg's Honor Ant has more on this story for us. Good morning to you, Honor. What's happened then so far this morning? The four-day truce between Israel and Hamas went into effect just over an hour ago. And following that, we now have the countdown in about four hours we expect Hamas to release the first group of Israeli prisoners that it's been holding as captives since the October 7 attacks. And in return, Israel will then release Palestinians currently being held in Israeli prisons. For every Israeli hostage that Hamas releases, Israel will release three Palestinian people from its prisons. At the same time, uh, right after the truce began, we saw that some humanitarian aid started going into Gaza for the first time since this war began. And I think the very first trucks uh, that went in were carrying cooking gas, which obviously is very critical for the more than 2 million people who are currently living in Gaza in what the UN calls a dire humanitarian situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's the, the timetable then for the release of prisoners from Israel. What do we know about the hostage release from Gaza? And you mentioned also the humanitarian aid for Gaza. What are meant to be the next steps then in the next few days? We originally believed that Hamas would be releasing 50 Israeli hostages that it's been holding as captives in one go. As of yesterday, our belief has changed based on reporting out of Qatar and elsewhere. And now we believe that Hamas will release those people gradually over the next four days, which is the duration of the original truce agreement. And as it does that, Israel in return will continue releasing the people that it agreed to release from Israeli prisons. Once that comes to an end, the current truce agreement allows an extension of the truce by a day every time Hamas agrees to release 10 additional Israeli hostages. Now, that is a clause that was built into this agreement by mediators and diplomats who believed that putting together this short-term truce agreement and possibly extending it one day at a time will give them enough time to try and diffuse tensions between the warring parties and possibly bring them to a point where they can talk about a longer-term peace solution. Whether or not that's going to happen, we cannot say now. But obviously, among the Israeli authorities, the narrative is that their main objective remains unchanged and that it is to annihilate and destroy Hamas in the Gaza Strip and that the pause is not an end to the war. And that's something that they actually repeated after the truce went into effect just over an hour ago. Honor, as we're speaking to you, I'm just seeing that a spokesperson for the Hamas-run border crossing into Gaza has been speaking to our colleague Faris Al-Ghul, saying that the four, first four trucks carrying fuel and cooking gas have been, enter, have been allowed to enter into Gaza as the ceasefire has taken effect. So that's another aspect of this agreement as well, to allow more of that sort of aid to enter. Um, that spokesperson saying there are 200 trucks of humanitarian supplies expected to be delivered into Gaza on Friday. I did want to ask you, though, about one other aspect of this conflict 
conflict that we have been watching very closely as well. This is the truce, of course, between Israel and Hamas. But the exchange of fire has continued between Israel and Hezbollah on the northern border of Israel and Lebanon. That's true. And that's a very key point to keep in mind for anyone following the war. The truce agreement is between Hamas and Israel. Now, whether or not other Iranian-backed militant groups in the region, such as Hezbollah in Lebanon or Houthis in Yemen, will stick to the gist of this agreement, we don't know yet. As you said, just yesterday, we had a very violent day between Israel and Hezbollah following an Israeli airstrike inside Lebanon that apparently killed five members of the militant group, including the son of the militant group's political representative in parliament. There have been about 50 launches of Katyusha rockets by Hezbollah into Israel. That was a real escalation. So far this morning, we haven't seen a repeat of that. Does that mean it's not going to happen? Well, we don't know. But what we know is this. The Iranian foreign minister, who's currently traveling across the region, was in Qatar overnight, where he said that he welcomed the truce agreement. Now, his statement also had a long caveat that included warnings against Israel to end the war. But overall, he said he welcomes the truce. Now, that's key because we know that Iran has great influence over the militant groups that it backs, such as Houthis and Hezbollah. And they have been the main two uh, players in the region, outside of Hamas, outside of Gaza Strip, that have been uh, attacking or trying to attack Israel with missiles and drones that they have in their arsenal. Honour. Okay, thank you for being with us today. Bloomberg's Honour and giving us the latest details on the Middle East right now. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. Well, let's turn to the news out of Barclays next and reports the bank is working on a cost-cutting plan of up to a billion pounds over several years. Reuters reporting that up to 2,000 jobs may be lost. Our UK correspondent Lizzie Burden is here with us for more. Lizzie, what are the details in this report? So Stephen, 2,000 jobs represents 2% of the Barclays workforce roughly. And if they want to save a billion pounds, that would represent about 7% of its underlying annual operating expenses in 2022. In terms of where the axe is going to fall, 
all. Reuters reports that any cuts would be primarily at BX, Barclays Execution Services. That's back office, basically. And the cuts would happen over several years, although it's not definite yet. The talks are still ongoing. So this is just the latest in the string of cost-cutting measures that Barclays has undertaken in recent years. They slash bonuses and jobs in retail and investment banking. BX has had to consolidate uh, support for UK retail and international. The irony is, when it was created in 2017, BX was designed to eliminate duplication and now it could be the victim of the efficiency cuts. Mm. How does the situation then facing Barclays compare to rivals? Well, if you look at the share price, uh, it's down 11.5% this year. It's had a tax well, a talent exodus, it's made it harder to compete with the likes of Deutsche and BNP Paribas and UBS. Uh, And they've struggled to keep up with US rivals as well, especially in trading. And on top of that, you'll remember uh, there's the trading blunder that's cost the bank hundreds of millions of dollars. So ultimately, scores on the doors. Barclays share price is down 26% since the CEO took over two years ago. Deutsche's share price hasn't moved much and HSBC's gained 30 So Venkata Krishnan is going to be desperate to change direction here. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The Bloomberg Sustainable Business Summit returns to London on April 25th for a solution-driven look at the sustainable business and finance landscape, looking at the latest trends in ESG regulations, supply chain innovation and transition finance. Speakers include leaders from CDP, Emirates Environment Group, TNFD, Ctrace, COA and more. Summit advisors include City and Schneider Electric. Visit BloombergLive.com slash SBS 2024 to learn more.